but he is holy right now. And what you're facing right now, what you have to, to navigate right now, the death of a loved one, the disease in your body, the disease in your husband's body, your children that are wayward, and the political climate that we find ourselves in, and the religious spirit climate that we find ourselves in, and the financial distress that we might find ourselves in. He is holy right now. He was holy. He is holy. And he will be. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. I have missed you so desperately, desperately missed you. I have missed you. I was on vacation forever. (laughs) But you know what? I'm not even sorry because my daughter is going to college before I know it. And so we really knew that this summer was going to be a summer of travel. And we're just really, really prioritizing our time together because, you know, quality time is my love language. And so (laughs) I need all the time from all the people. So we spent so much time with my daughter and with both my daughters and both my sons and my husbands. And it it was so great. So I am back and I have to say, I miss you when I'm gone. I love what I get to do. And so welcome back to a totally refreshed Autumn Miles (laughs) and um, a brand new series. You guys obsessed. I am obsessed. We are beginning our series on holy, holy, holiness. And it's like, we've all had such a stressful day over here on the team. And now I know why, because we're talking about uh, holiness, the holiness of the Lord. So that is coming up. It's going to be kind of teacher slash preacher. We're going to do both. You know, I have to hit you with a lot of scripture and stuff. And I know you love that. So we we are definitely going to go to multiple scriptures and we're going to see how the pages of the beautiful word of God just intersects from beginning to end. Oh my gosh. It's so, I'm obsessed with the word of God. Obsessed. Okay. So couple things. Number one, we want to hear your stories. You guys are sending us so many stories. Amanda was talking to me about this the other day, what God's doing in your life. I love to feature them. I actually just love to read them. Like, I feel like we should put a book together of all of the different stories that you guys are doing are, are sending me. Because God is just alive. He is alive. He is around. He is not forgotten. He is working in not just my life, everybody's life. So I want to hear your stories. Send them to hello at com so I can feature them at the end of the show every single week. Also, follow on social. Instagram, Facebook is what we have going right now. I want to engage with you. I put a lot of stuff up. We put like lots of quotes up, my family, all the things. Come on over there if you haven't already, because lots of you guys listen, head over there and follow along because I just love you. Also, we're taking the Automile show on the road and we've already been on the road, already been on the road, about to go on the road this fall again. I want to come to you. Where are you? If, are you in Minnesota? Are you in New Jersey? Are you in Maine? Are you in the UK? I want to come to you. I know we're worldwide. We're in like a ton of different nations. I want to come. I want to see you. I want to hang out. Just if you want to hang out with us, email again, hello at Autumn Miles and put in the subject Autumn Miles show on the road. Okay. AM show on the road or something like that. So uh, we can differentiate the two. What's happening in my life? Well, so much. And I couldn't even come up with one thing. I have like stories for weeks about my family. My kids are the most funniest people that I've ever met in my life. They're hilarious. Every one of them in their own way. Last night, I was presented with a topic of what God is doing and what is happening in my life. I get those two confused a lot. What is happening in my life with my my son, my 14-year-old son? And I know he's 
I know he's been the subject of a lot of these, but let me, let me just tell you what he did. He's 14, but he looks like he's 18. And just bear in mind this. He looks like he's 18 and all the girls think he's 18. He's got an 18 year old body with a 14 year old mind. So we're dealing with that. So y'all, y'all can pray for your girl over here because it's like a whole thing. All right. And he loves Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But so I go to bed early. Everybody knows this. It is a thing. I get up early because I have to. It's not because I want to get up at 5 a.m. It's because, and, or earlier. I mean, sometimes it's because for my sanity and my mental health, I have to. I have to. <laughs> I need to get up when no one's around. And like, we haven't had our dog because she's been in the kennel. And it's been so great because I've been perfectly alone lately. I get up early, therefore, like 9, 9.30, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, my kids will talk to me, and they'll know when I say this. I'm still listening, but my eyes are closed. And they're like, okay, mom is totally done, and I don't ever remember any of their stories after that. But so anyway, bear that in mind. My son comes in. He had asked me at 8.30, mom, it's summer. Can we go get ice cream? And I love ice cream. So I'm typically, I'm like a yes. I'm always like, yeah, because you guys know I love Dairy Queen blizzards so much. If I could have anything, any dessert in the world, it'd be either New York cheesecake or Dairy Queen blizzards. Those are my two favorite things. So he capitalizes on that during the summer. 8.30, mom, can we go get ice cream? And I said, maybe, maybe we can. At 9.30, I had a, a work thing come up. At 9.30, he comes back in my room. Now, I am like in my bed watching TV, my King of Queens, my Frasier, whatever I'm going to watching that night. And he said, Mom, can we go to Walmart or, or Target and get some ice cream? And um, Because I know you don't want to go out. And I said, no, I'm not going. <laughs> he was like, Mom, we don't have any ice cream. And I said, Son, have you checked? If we have any ice cream, I know you want ice cream. Have you actually looked before you tell me, boy, we don't have any ice cream. Have you actually looked to see? Yes, mom, I would not be asking you to take me to Walmart or Target if I had already looked for the ice cream. And so I'm thinking, well, I'm the moron. I guess we don't have it. And then it dawned on me. I had just bought chocolate and peanut butter ice cream because it's my new favorite thing right now. And I said, did you look in the freezer in the laundry room? And he said, yes. And I said, you did a terrible job because there is ice cream in that freezer. So he goes to the freezer and guess what's there? A brand new, I don't, they don't do half gallons anymore. They did half gallons when I was a kid. I don't even know what it is. Like pint. I don't know. It's not a pint. It's bigger than a, anyway, I don't know. Anyway, a brand new carton of chocolate peanut butter ice cream that hadn't even been opened yet and he walked in and he looked at me and i looked at him and i said so you looked in the freezers didn't you because we have two freezers and he was he just started laughing and then he had his ice cream but you guys this is my life <laughs> this is my life with the teenage boy did you look yes mom i looked no, you didn't. You didn't look because the ice cream is sitting on top of everything because I love ice cream and it's right there. Anyway, pray for your girl. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it through these years, but just pray for your girl in the meantime. <laughs> I love my son. He's so funny. He's the funniest thing ever. Anyway, we are going to come back after the break with the first installment of Holy. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be good. All right. See you in a sec. Every day, a new day. Yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. 
Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Hello, we're back. I hope you missed me. You guys, oh, Lord, I just pray over this specific word. Help me give it to them, Lord, the way you gave it to me. In Jesus' name, amen. So several weeks ago, I was in church service, and it might have been months ago at this point. It was a while. It was a while ago. I love church. I love, I love to, I just love to be in the house of, with other believers. But we're doing worship and I'm standing because, you know, I'm the one that like, if I'm talking to someone in the lobby, I'll try to end my conversation really fast. And I'm like, sorry, I don't want to miss worship. And I'll like run in there, you know, people are trying to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, see ya. I want to go sit and worship. I'm just one of those people. But this day was really special. I remember, you know, you know, the songs that you, you have like an emotional connection with because maybe the song has like brought you through a really challenging time or, I mean, there could be some songs where you just, you've never even heard them before, but they just connect with you. It was kind of like every song was hitting, you know what I mean? Like every song was, I was like, yes, that's good. And then they'd like go into, you know, our worship people, they're so good. I don't know how they do it, but they like, don't stop a song and start it. They like flow into the, I I guess most people do that. But to me, I'm like, how do you do that? That's a miracle. So we're in worship and, you know, we're singing one of my favorite songs. I mean, the goodness of God is like going to like top 10 favorite song of all time. I know it just got popular in the last couple of years, but it just ministers to me. So we're singing that and then it goes into something else and then it goes into something else and something shifts in the auditorium. We are not alone. It's not just the, you know, people that are attending church. God himself, just his spirit and his presence swelled in that room. And I remember just kind of standing there. You know, you stand there in moments like that and you you don't want them to end. It's like you, I love our pastor. He's a genius. It's almost like, wait, I just want to, I just want to linger here. I just want to feel, I just want to be here. I want to just sit. I want to soak in this. Everything that is stressing me out, I just want to leave it here. The presence of God, you can't even explain. One of the best ways, I think, is the old hymn. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the presence of the Lord. That's really, you have no words because it's not something that can be articulated. It's a, it's an experience. And some experience, it's like, you know, how do you tell people how awesome it was to have your first child? Like, how do you put that in a word? You try. But it's just beyond our vocabulary. I'm sitting in this worship service and I'm, the thing that just really was resonating with me is, okay, I love our pastor, but could you hold off (laughs) 10 more minutes of this? Of course, he has no idea what's happening to me personally. And I don't even know if everyone else felt it. Maybe, Maybe the Lord just swelled his presence for me. But I was sitting there and I was thinking, this is the holiness of God. This is it. We call the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. 
we talk about his holy word. I mean, in every single Bible is called the Holy Bible. Okay. When he was born, we see him referenced by Gabriel as the holy child will be called. Holy is a word that precedes how we're describing something about God, whether it's the word, whether it's the spirit. And I got frustrated in that moment. As much as I was enjoying the spirit of God, I started getting frustrated because I think we've forgotten holiness and reverence and this perfection in God that draws us in. I think it's okay to like, you know, we all want to be the cool Christians, right? But then there is an element of letting too much culture invade something that's meant to be holy and sacred and set apart and consecrated. And I thought about that for uh, several weeks and I actually brought it to my team and I was like, guys, <laughs> we're gonna, we need to do something about this. You know, constantly the reformer over here. We've got to do something. We've got to do something about this. But I wanted to do a series on holiness. Not because you don't fundamentally know what holy is. But I wanted to remind you that God is holy. And his holiness is his why. And his holiness is our why. I want to remind you how sacred and set apart he actually is. And next week we'll talk about a holy place and we're going to go on with this series, but I want us to get back to he is holy. He's holy. Now, what exactly does holy mean? I'm going to read this passage of scripture to you and you know, I'm going to bounce around because that's what your girl does to make my point. Cause I want you guys to understand the gravity of the holiness of God. It's, it's crazy. I talk to one of my pastor friends all the time and they're like, my, someone in my church does this and you know, whatever. And I'm like, that's just, to me, there's constantly problems happening in that church because there isn't a focus on holiness. Now, listen, I've been in ministry forever, and I know churches can have problems for all sorts of different things. But if we don't worship the holiness of God and we worship something other than a holy God, little gods will emerge in our congregations and little things will be allowed in our congregations that should not be. I want to read this passage of scripture to set the table for you. Um, Revelation 4, and I don't know why I'm in Revelation so much this year. It's just a thing. I didn't plan it, but it's a thing. Okay. John, uh, the apostle John, 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 the disciple that Jesus loved, he is given a vision into heaven. Now we talked about this in the Lion and the Lamb series earlier in the year, but it's not the same passage. But I think it's so super important that God gave people visions into the throne room of heaven. And it wasn't just John that was there, guys. It was not just John. Let me read. This is John, and this is what he is seeing in heaven. Revelation 4. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, come up here. I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately, I was in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And behold, a throne was standing in heaven and one sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardius in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, like an emerald in appearance. So apparently this rainbow had a green hue to it. 
around the throne were 24 thrones. Now these 24 thrones in my study are said to represent the whole church. Now, some people say 12 of them were the 12 tribes of Israel and 12 of them were the apostles. So it kind of represents the Old Testament, New Testament, the total church is what most people agree it means. But around the throne, there were 24 thrones. And upon the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. Verse 5, Revelation 4, 5. Out from the throne come flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. I think it's so interesting that they have lightning and thunder in heaven. That's pretty cool. It's that awesome. It's up in heaven too, okay? And there were seven lamps of burning fire before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the center and around the throne, this is where it's gonna get good. Four living creatures full of eyes. This is kind of weird. In the front and behind. The first creature was like a lion and the second like a calf. The third creature had a face like that of a man. The fourth creature like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and listen to this and within that's weird within i could preach on that forever within the eyes within they see things within anyway i won't and day and night they do not cease to say holy 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 is the lord god the almighty who was and who is and who is to come and the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne to him who lives forever and ever the 24 elders verse 10 fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying worthy are you O lord and our god to receive glory honor and power for you created all things and because of your will they existed and were created i've paused so many times as i've read this scripture i have read it a lot in my life this is not like the first time that i cracked open revelation 4 and i've read this scripture there was there's songs written about it you know it's a very popular passage of scripture but you have to understand what is happening in this passage of scripture we have four living beings eyes everywhere they see everything they're aware of everything they see everything and as they're looking and as they're looking around and seeing all the things and everywhere and within and without and with up and down and everywhere, they see no one, no one else that is worthy to sing about without break. These four living beings never, they do not cease to say in verse eight, holy, holy, holy because they're looking and they found no one. So they do not, they never get a break. They never get time off. They never get vacation. Constantly, even now, as I'm speaking in heaven, we've got these four creatures that are constantly saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come, holy, holy. And as soon as they do that, these 24 elders lay down their crowns before the Lord. And then they say, worthy are you, O Lord, and our God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created. This is happening right now in the throne room of heaven. The creatures say, holy, who was, holy, who is, second holy, holy, third holy, who is to come. They say it three times because it represents the fact that there is a God who existed before you did, who was holy. 
that same God still exists with that same holiness while you exist right now. And this is the thing that just captured my attention. Here we have who was holy. Yes, and we can look back in the scripture and we can say, oh, he was holy. Look at what he did for uh, the Israelites. Look at what Jesus did at Pentecost. Look at what, what uh, the Holy Spirit did. Look at look at them eyes from uh, blind to see. The deaf could hear. The, the people who couldn't talk now could. The demon possessed, the cast out. Well, he sure was holy, but he is holy right now and what you're facing right now what you have to to navigate right now the death of a loved one the disease in your body the disease in your husband's body your children that are wayward and the political climate that we find ourselves in and the religious spirit climate that we find ourselves in and the financial distress that we may find ourselves in he is holy right now he was holy. He is holy. And he will be holy. His holiness in this moment, in this, the, the culture and society that we find ourselves in is not diminished. It's not tarnished. <laughs> He's not scared. He's not wringing his hands. He's not surprised. He's not going back to school to get more wisdom on, mm, how do I deal with these people? They're crazy. He's holy. With right what you're facing, he's holy. I'm moved by this because looking at the definition of holiness, I just think shed some beautiful reminders and perspectives on us. Holiness, what, what these creatures are saying, hagios, hagios. Hagios, it's the Greek word for holy here. Hagios, 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 Hagios. Holy, 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 holy. Hagios, Hagios, Hagios. That word hagios means this, physically pure, morally blameless. Think of the climate that we are living in. <laughs> morally not blameless would be, would be the climate that we're living in. But he, hagios, hagios, hagios. That word means physically pure, morally blameless, consecrated. In my study, I, I know what, I know you know what consecrated means, but um, the reason it's defined consecrated is because he is above all created things. You're not on the same level as, as him. <laughs> he is separated from us because he is so holy, separated, not in the uh, us way. We need, you know, Jesus to get to him. He is consecrated and separated far above everything that is created. He is pure, sinless, upright. And in the definition of Hagios, he is the most holy thing. It's interesting as I was reading about the definitions of holiness, it's almost like words don't even do it justice. And that's actually, I was so thankful that I had one commentator that was like, basically, okay, odd and paraphrase. I really don't know what to say here. His goodness, his purity, the fact that he is separated can't even be articulated. Hagios, Hagios. Pure, blameless, sinless, upright, separated, most holy thing. So when those creatures are singing holy in heaven, this is what they're singing. Because guys, when we encounter his holiness, it evokes and demands a reaction from us. 
when I'm sitting in that worship service and I'm like feeling the dissension of the spirit, Holy Spirit of God, all of a sudden I'm at peace. All of a sudden, a lot of times the God will give me words from his word um, or just words for somebody else or for my husband or clarity in that moment. And I think this is where the enemy is trying to keep us from those moments in our personal life. Because if he can keep us focused on the news or if he can keep us focused on our bills or if he can keep us focused on that person or that hurt or whatever, it will keep us from the restoration that spending time with the Holy Spirit will do. If he can keep us away from holiness, then he can get us entrapped into unholiness and it will keep us from the rest that our soul actually needs. I think that's why we have a celebrity culture in the church right now. We'll worship him, but we won't worship God. We'll worship that person because, but not God. Satan will let you worship people all day long because they're not physically pure, morally blameless, sinless, no one sinless, the most holy thing. He celebrates that and keeps us from what our spirit actually needs. I love the ocean. I've said it a lot. I love the ocean. Uh, I just got back from the ocean. I actually was telling my husband, I was like, We've got to go. My spirit needs the ocean because I've told so many people and I've definitely told you guys, I just feel like God lives at the beach. And do I, do I know God lives everywhere? Yes, I know. Thank you. But after reading this definition this morning, I was like, oh my goodness, I know why I say that. So it was like an aha moment for me. I always say God lives at the beach. I need to go to the beach. I need to sit and I need to understand him. I need to just sit with him. I need to sit with him on the, on the water, even though he meets with me every day. God is separate, a commentator said, from all things. Holiness is often styled as glory. And then he said this, and I'm going to use this forever. Glory is uncovered holiness. Glory is uncovered holiness. Let me say that again, because that's real deep. Glory is uncovered holiness. It's like holiness with no cover on it whatsoever. And I realized today as I was studying this, I was like, oh my goodness. It's not that God lives at the beach. It's that the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. And so when I go to the beach, his glory is apparent for me to see. So while God is everywhere, his glory is very apparent to me at the beach. My husband is a big mountain guy. And so we'll go up in a mountain range. And I mean, I love them. I love the mountains too. They're beautiful, but I have an emotional reaction at the beach, but he'll go out in nature and like with the trees and all the things and the bears and everything. And he will come back a totally different. It's because he sat in his glory, which this particular commentator defines as uncovered holiness. Here's what the word says. Exodus 15, 11. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness? Numbers 14, 21. Yet as surely as I live and as surely as the whole earth is full of his glory, the glory of the Lord. Psalm 72, 19. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May all the earth be filled with his glory. What is glory? Uncovered holiness. The glory is when we see his holiness on display, but we don't know. We, it's not his actual, it's a, it's a evidence of his holiness. This is glory. Psalm 90, 16, may your work be shown to your servants and your splendor to 
their children. Psalm 97, six, the heavens proclaim his righteousness. All people see his glory. Psalm 99, three, let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. Now, I think it's so incredibly important that we understand that he is holy. I want to make the distinction, though, that his holiness is why he does what he does. His holiness drives his character, which drives the asks of the Lord to us, which drives the things that he allows and that he does in us and through us and around us. His holiness drives his action. Okay. So I was studying just his holiness and everything as I'm studying through, I'm so intrigued that John was not the only person that got this view of the throne room in heaven. John saw it. He saw holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty, but so did Isaiah and so does, did Ezekiel. Okay. So here we have this beautiful throne room in heaven that John saw, but he wasn't the first person to be let into that throne room to be able to see it. Let me read it right here in Isaiah six, Isaiah before his call is saying this in the year Isaiah six and the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. We just read that in revelation four lofty and exalted with the train of his robe, filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. We just read that in revelation Two covered their face, two covered their feet and with two, they flew and one called out to another. And what did they say? Holy, holy, Holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, which is what? Uncovered holiness. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, just like I had a reaction, Isaiah is about to have a reaction. Then I said, woe is me. I'm ruined. He all of a sudden realizes his unholiness in the face of the holiness of God. And he's like, I got to do something about that holiness. When you encounter the holiness of God, God doesn't even have to say anything for you to realize the reality of where you are. He didn't even have to do anything. You should experience his presence and all of a sudden repent because you are, you are aware of what's going on in you. So one of the seraphim flew and with a burning coal touched his mouth. He said, your iniquity is taken away. But then right after, guys, right after Isaiah saw, experienced this vision of the holiness of God, I heard, verse 8, a voice of the Lord saying, who am I going to send? Who shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here I am. Send me. The holiness of God. When we are aware of it, it does something so powerful in us that there's not much we won't do because we realize how powerful that holiness is. I want to read Ezekiel 1 does the same thing. It's a much more detailed version of what Isaiah says, because Isaiah is like, hey, here's the throne, glory, holy, holy, holy. The revelation is obviously in depth, but Ezekiel really goes into what he sees. They all see the same thing. The four creatures that are singing this song, they all experience the same vision in heaven, okay? And as soon as they see it, listen, Ezekiel 2, God speaks to Ezekiel. As soon as you encounter my glory, I'm going to speak to you. He said to me, son of man, stand to your feet that I may speak. He spoke to me and the spirit entered me and set me on my feet. And I heard him speaking to me and he said, son of man, I'm sending you to the sons of Israel, to a rebellious people who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed. I'm sending you to them. And he goes on with his call. As soon as they saw, God asked. As soon as Isaiah and Ezekiel saw the glory, the holiness, the goodness of God and experienced it, God asked. 
as soon as they knew what they were dealing with in God, that he was physically pure, morally blameless, consecrated, sinless, upright, the most holy thing, as soon as they encountered that, God asked them to do things that were crazy, but they said yes. Isaiah, arguably one of the best prophets of all time, Ezekiel, one of the most transforming prophets of all time, both were my favorite. But as soon as they saw his holiness, God made the ask. I submit to you today that maybe you've forgotten the quality the qualities of the God you serve. Their answer wasn't, mm, let me get back to you. Their answer was, here I am, send me. Ezekiel was like, let's do this thing. He ate the scroll, bam, <laughs> it was off. <laughs> Knowing who you serve, he's consecrated, he's set apart, he's the most holy thing allows you when you are facing something in this now, who was and is, 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 is what you are facing right now. When you lift your eyes from that and you look to his holiness, his holiness and the awareness of how awe-inspiring he is, puts your heart at rest because he acts out of his holiness. He asks out of his holiness. Whatever you're facing right now, a holy God is overseeing. Not a God that you have to question or worry. And when we know that a holy God, morally perfect, sinless, separated, consecrated above every other thing, the most holy, when we understand that that kind of a God is overseeing what we're walking through. We can trust him. His holiness is his why he asks you to do things. It's why he says in the scripture, forgive. Don't gossip. Don't steal, cheat, <laughs> murder all the things. His holiness is why, not because he's mean, but because he knows it's the best thing for you. Don't do that. When we're faced with how good he is, our questions begin to diminish because we just learn we can trust. His holiness is his why. Nothing he is asking you to do is outside of his holiness. Nothing he's asking you to encounter, to go through, to walk through is outside of his holiness. He acts because of it. Why do you think he sent Jesus? Because he knew we would be separated from him forever. And he wanted to make a way for us to stay connected because of his holiness. His holiness is his why. Those of you thinking right now, I'm just, I'm just hitting in my head, you know, why would God ask me to do this? I don't know, but his holiness is. Why would God have me to walk through this? I don't know but you can trust his holiness. Why did God allow everyone to forsake me? I don't know. I don't know why he allowed that, but he's good. You don't get, he is the best version of holy you'll ever know. If he's asking it, it's born out of a character of holiness. You can trust it. In a world where I feel like you just can't trust anyone, remind yourself of the character traits of his holiness. They saw and they were commissioned instantly. I didn't know how to end this because I just feel like it's, 
I just feel like this is just something we need to walk in. I didn't know, you know, what verse would tie this up with a bow? Well, I don't know. (laughs) And it's like the Lord hit me with, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to give you homework. I hate homework, like hate. But you know, when I'm going through a time where it's like that my world is spinning, like, like kind of like today, today was like a cluster, you guys, my world is spinning. I feel like I bit off more than I can chew. I won't do anything other than sit in his Holy Spirit's presence. And maybe you're doubting, you're anxious, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're, you, you're petty, you're gossipy, <laughs> you're mad, um, you're anxious, you're stressed because you haven't experienced his holiness lately. Maybe Satan has got you listening to the news more than listening to the word. You are separated from the holiness that will calm your spirit, calm you down, make you doubt less, make you question less. You've been separated from that. My homework to you today is when you click off of this, get alone. Listen, I love worship music. Like in my head, (laughs) I am Cece Wine and singing you guys in my head. Get off of this podcast. You can click away right now. You don't even have to listen to the end of it. And find his holiness. We call it the Holy Spirit for a reason. We call it the Holy Bible for a reason. Hagios, Hagios, Hagios. Is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come sit. Sit and find his Holy Spirit and let it descend on you. And let it melt away some of these petty things that maybe have flustered you for way too long. And when you're there, listen. What does the Lord God want to say to you? His holiness is his why. It's why he does what he does. His holiness. And his holiness is our why too. It's why we respond. Lord, we love you today. We just love you. I just see chains breaking right now. Lord, I just kind of see things melting away. Minds and hearts. Because your holy presence, your Holy Spirit, you being holy, when we experience that, it does change us. So Spirit of the living God, I just pray that those who are listening today, who know they need your presence, would shift their schedule, shift around their plans. Even if it takes an hour, they would sit in your holiness, in your presence, in your morally pure, upright goodness, and that it would minister to a deep place in their soul. Thank you, Lord, for being so faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. I'll see you right after with a question from one of you and a story. I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. 
Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, I'm back. I love that. I just love it. It's like, you know, sometimes I love I love the women series that we just did. By the way, go listen if you haven't. But sometimes we need to be reminded of who we serve. You know, we need to re- be reminded that he is high and lifted up and he is set apart and he's good and he's truth. Uh, sometimes we need that. Uh, let me do today. Let me do the story first because of what God's doing in your life. Cause I have a question I really want to answer that I did not get to answer or I did answer. I just wanted to add to my answer a little bit. This is what God is doing in your life. And this is the message we got. I received a word from God and wanted to share last night. I was frustrated. I lost my keys. I was teaching a yoga class. Oh, yoga. That's fun. Teaching a yoga class and bringing a journal for my students. I was planning on sharing scripture in this class for the first time. Class was canceled because we couldn't get into the building. I knew it was the enemy. I went home, found my keys in my mailbox. There, there will be another class and another time and the enemy will not stop God's message. He will deliver. The message is God delivers, not your bestie, not your parents, but God, God delivers us. God delivers us. Apparently she couldn't find her keys. She wanted to do a class and the class had to be canceled, but she is still going to share the word. And isn't that the worst thing ever when you lose your keys and then all of a sudden they're in her mailbox? What a weird place to put your key. Maybe someone found them and put them in her mailbox. But nonetheless, she found her keys. So listen, this is a big deal because when we lose our keys, or our phone or whatever, we all freak out. And I just want to say God does deliver. He does come through. He does take care of us. He is our good father. So I love that. I love that so, so, so much. Thank you for sharing. I loved it. Okay. Here's a question that I actually answered on our show last week, but I had Mike take it out just because I wanted to answer it a little bit different. This is the question. I'm so afraid to send my kids to public school with the state our world is in. I know they can't be shielded from everything forever. And I don't want to make a decision based out of fear. How do you talk to your kids about living in this world, but not conforming to it? This is a great question. I want to just say, first off, what Eddie and I do is what God has told us to do with our children. Okay. One day I'll write a book on spirit-led parenting. This is what we have chosen to do with our children. What we're doing with our children, God might have you do something different. Okay. But this is what we have chosen to do. I'm going to give you my take on what we do. And then you're going to have to decide for yourself what God wants you to do with your kids. This is what we're doing for now. And I wouldn't even say this is what we're doing forever because we might change our mind. We might put our kids in private school or homeschool. But at this point and up until this point, Grace is about a senior, this is what we're doing. When I was in public school, it gave me an opportunity to be the light in the darkness. Okay. When I was in public school, I really remember that verse where it talks about being, you know, like that song, this little light of mine, I'm a light of shine, this little light of mine. And when the Bible calls us a city on a hill, uh, we're salt and light in the world. I really took that to heart as a kid and I went to public school and in public school, I was able to talk, have conversations with people that, yes, if I go to church, we all believe the same way. But if I go to school, I'm able to be the salt in the school and share my faith because of my upbringing. We decided that our kids are going to public school, all four of them. They're in public school right this second. And I see the news. I see what's happening. I see everything. But what has happened, we did intentionally. When our kids were younger, they are very aware that they are 
a city on a hill, all four of them. They are salt. They are light in this world. Every single one of them knows they're not of the world. They're in it. They're in it to make a difference. So we, at a very young age, we started at like babies. We started teaching them, yes, our world can look crazy sometimes, but your job as an ambassador of Christ, which is what the Bible tells us, is to go in and to shed salt and light in the world. We have instilled in that that in them for years, and that's how they're living today, all four of them. I mean, Moses went to school and he's like, how come they don't teach the Bible in school? And I'm like, well, that's a long story. You're eight. I'll tell you soon. But they know whose they are. They know that they are children of God. They know those things, and so they're able to share. And Grace and Judah are a totally different uh, story because they're old. That is what we have decided to do because that's what I did. And that's the angle. And the the Bible is very clear that we are, we're never going to escape it. Okay. We're in the world, not of the world. We're here to be salt and we're here to be light period. Okay. That's what the Bible says. Also, uh, this question was so good because they say they're honest and they say, I don't want to make a decision based out of fear. You shouldn't. You know, fear is a bad master. It's a terrible leader. It's a terrible boss. It's a spirit that is not of God. And we know that there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. It's not that we don't look and we're like, okay, the things are getting a little crazy. We do fear, but God tells us 365 times in the Bible, do not fear. Fear is a part of our life, but he is telling us, listen, that's not for me. That's not from me. Okay, so you need to make a decision not based out of fear, but based out what is God telling you to do with your children in this moment, in this time. And also know this, your children were created to live the ages that they are right now. It is not by accident. You know, Jude, we always tell them all the time. We're like, you're kind of an accident. Not not an accident. You were a surprise. You were (laughs) you surprised us. But he didn't surprise God. And the things that I see my son, who was a surprise to us doing in his school right now is absolutely mind-blowing. Why can he do that? Because he was told at a young age, you're salt and you're light. You are a new creation in Christ. And he is able to share that with his friends. And with Grace and Jude specifically, um, not as much with the little ones, but it's coming. It's coming. They're able to share about why they have hope, about why they're happy, about all of these things in a way that if they're in a Christian school, they might not. Okay. That's what we're doing with our kids. You need to seek the Lord yourself, not making a decision out of fear, because fear is just, you know, faith in the enemy. Don't make it look, it looks crazy. Well, yeah, it does look crazy, but you know what? Don't make a decision because you're scared. Make a decision because God himself has said, this is what I want for your kids. We've got a lot of people that are walking in fear when they need to be listening to God and saying, because you, if you make a decision out of fear and you don't put them in public school or whatever it is, private school, whatever it is, you might take away an opportunity for them to really minister to those around them. And how do you talk to your kids living in this world, but not conforming to it? We talk to them every day. The things that you see in our society and that we're all seeing, we talk to them every single day, every day. I had a conversation last night with my daughter. We're very open. We're not like sticking our head in the sand. We're very open. Even some topics that are awkward, we're like, bring it. We're going to talk about it every day. It is an everyday conversation where we're talking to our kids about what's going on in the world. And it them knowing that they can come to me or Eddie and talk to us about some of the stuff that they're seeing because they're seeing it. it. I mean, my daughter has like Instagram. They have, you know, she sees everything that we see. We're not sheltering them. She's about to be 18. What am I going to do? Shelter her until she's 67 years old? No, that's not happening. Teaching them how to respond is what needs to be happening. But so many parents, they don't want to teach kids how to respond. They want to operate out of fear and completely keep them away from them. In our family, we've decided to teach, talk, 
communicate on a regular basis about what's happened in the world. And that's the decision that we have chosen to do. Whatever God wants you to do, that's what you need to do. Homeschool, private school, public school. God has infinite wisdom here. And he gave your kids to you to steward, to parent, to love, to teach, to grow. So whatever he tells you to do with your children, not what fear tells you to do, what he tells you to do, that's what you do. Okay. That was a great question. And it was, I really wanted to answer it like this. So anyway, we'll see you. Oh, I just slapped myself really hard. We'll see you next week for the second installment of Holy. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Love you guys. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Mile Show.